Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the In the Mood for Fantasy Football podcast, a pro football network show that keeps you up to date on the current NFL news and how to adjust your lineups on a weekly basis with start, sit, waiver wire, and draft advice. I'm Eric Moody. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric N. Moody. And my co-host is Tommy Garrett, who you can follow at Tommy Garrett PFN. We've got a great show planned for you today. We want to touch on a couple of different topics. A couple of uh, midweek news items, you know, we want to touch on. You know, very big news, very big fantasy implications. But also share some observations from the first Thursday night game of the year, which kicked off our season between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so we'll just dive in. Uh, Tommy, midweek news. H- how are you feeling? Ravens backfield. Austin <laughs> Eckler. Yeah. Just just go, go. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's it's getting brutal out here. Uh, we'll, we'll hit on the Ravens first. It's We've gone from one of the situations where it was a team that we absolutely loved to target for fantasy, knowing how much they love to run the ball. It's the most over the last four seasons to now all of a sudden having just this convoluted backfield of a bunch of guys who have been backups and injury-prone journeyman for the past couple of years with Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman, and now Latavius Murray joining Tyson Williams. With Gus Edwards going out for the year, you're going to see probably a committee approach out of this team. For week one, you're probably looking at Tyson Williams just because he's been the guy in the system to be the lead back in there. And then after that, it's ah, do we even really know what's going to happen. I think likely Bell will probably be the RB2 for this week with Murray behind him just because Murray had been working in training camp well. We know how good he can be with the um, with the Baltimore Ravens. He coming out of the New Orleans Saints system where he played very well, and he was a must-start in games where Alvin Kamara was out. Um, yeah. I think he probably could end up being the RB1 for this team at the end of the season just given what we've seen, but I don't know if we're really going to know who to start each week in this backfield, which is kind of a shame. It's a easy matchup this week. It's almost like, hey, we just now expect Lamar Jackson to run the ball now more. because uh, I think it's what interesting is you have five of the top six rushers from Baltimore are gone left from last year, but they now have four 1,000-yard rushers on their team. It's weird, but it's, yeah. I think it's going to want to like take a wait-and-see approach seeing how they uh, come out of this week personally. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think you and I are aligned, you know, as in many uh, storylines with this one. My biggest concern is that you've got so many players on that roster, you know, that have rushed for a thousand or more yards. Yeah. Of course, you got Latavius Murray, the new addition. you got Devontae Freeman. You know, both of those players have a very nice statistical body of work. And, of course, Le'Veon Bell. Everyone knows what he's capable of. Then you've got Lamar Jackson. But then you've got, you know, Tyson Williams that's there, too, who the mm-hmm. Ravens seem to be enamored by. And it's one of those scenarios where I think all of these running backs in particular can kind of cannibalize each other's fantasy value. 
It'll look solid in, in kind of real life NFL, but for fantasy, I feel like it's going to cause me to pull my hair out. If I actually had hair on my head, I shaved my head, but I digress. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the other one you're going to pull your hair out right now for week one is going mm-hmm. to be the uh, Los Angeles Chargers with Austin yes. Eckler. We kind of dealt with all last year with him and his injury, his hamstring, where I don't think people realized how bad his hamstring was until he came out and said where the hamstring literally got ripped away from the bone. Like, that's mm-hmm. when you realize like how brutal that injury was, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden – he pops up on the midweek injury report with a hamstring injury. Now, granted, it's nothing to do with, I think, the one he had last year. That's kind of just because he, he went through the summer pretty much all healthy. But it's it's concerning, to say the least. It's also not a good matchup going against Washington, who was third mm-hmm. against running backs last year. Eckler is good enough to win in that matchup. Pretty much all season, I was saying how he was the best second-round pick he could make, even though he now ended up getting closer towards the back end of the first round in ADP and fantasy mm-hmm. drafts. But without him, you're looking at a Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree kind of backfield, which they might have flex value for this week uh, in fantasy. But I think it's one of those ones like I'm either going Eckler or nothing personally in week one. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that because we know Eckler's role. You know, he's definitely more productive as a receiver out of the backfield. You know, he's very capable in between the tackles as well. But yes. if you don't have him in there, you know he's not getting that opportunity share. And I believe, like, over the last two seasons, um, like, on a per-game basis, he's averaged close to 17 opportunities per game, rushing attempts plus targets. And so if you take him out of that equation, it's really a muddled situation. It's hard to trust any of the other options in that backfield until yeah. he returns. But, you know, again, it's a situation uh, worth monitoring. Now, I know everyone was excited last night. You know, we had the 2021 NFL season kickoff. Phenomenal game, you know, between oh, the Tampa great. Bay We deserved that game. Yes. We deserved it. Yes. You know, I watched every minute of it, you know, and stayed up, you know, had a little bit of coffee and, and was able to, to make it through. But, hey, it had a thrilling finish. But I just want to share, like, a, you know, have you and I share, you know, a couple of quick observations, yeah. you know, from the game. I know the biggest one for me was uh, seeing Antonio Brown thrive. You know, he caught five mm-hmm. of seven targets for 121 yards, you know, and a touchdown, uh, you know, really eviscerated that uh, Cowboys uh, secondary. But I would say on, on the flip side, uh, I know a lot of people were very disappointed, like with, with Mike Evans. And, and those that had them in their lineups were, were sweating like all night. And, and that sweat continued <laughs> till the very end of the game. But I think he's in a really great position to rebound. The good news is he played, you know, 94% of the snaps uh, compared to Antonio Brown, 64%. But he drew, like, the tougher matchup when you look at defensive coverage. You know, Trayvon yeah. Diggs, you know, shadowed him the entire game. But I think given the circumstances, Evans played well. So we're obviously going to expect some bigger weeks from him moving forward. But what were some of your observations, Tommy, before we dive into uh, stardom and sit him? Yeah, and I think one of the things we got to touch on too with Mike Evans was the way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. scored. You didn't see a mm-hmm. you for granted they they scored a lot of points, but you didn't see a lot of red mm-hmm. zone opportunities. When they get in the red zone, they're going to go back to Mike Evans. He led the team in red zone uh, targets last year, so I think mm-hmm. we're going to we'll see him come back into that. But I think the target volume for Antonio Brown that's not going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And you see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have arguably the three best wide receivers and and in football on their team. So it's, I think it's going to be a great situation for them. The thing I was curious about was how, what was going to happen was how are they going to actually use the backfield between um, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette and Giovanni Bernard. And mm-hmm. for all the talk of this being Ronald Jones's team, that didn't happen last night. Yeah. Uh, he only had six snaps compared to uh, Leonard Fournette at 42. What I found very interesting was that Giovanni Bernard, everyone has said he's going to be the James white of this team. And yeah, you're pretty much right. In uh, passing downs, he was abs- he was the only player on the field. Uh, he played on nearly all of the third down opportunities, all except for one. 
And then on the final drive, when they had to score, yes, he was the running back on the field. 10 of his 17 snaps came on the final drive when the, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in, we must score full passing mode. So to see that, that's really going to cut into someone like for you know, Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette and their uh, mm-hmm. target opportunities. Granted, it's great seeing Leonard Fournette have seven targets last game, mm-hmm. but you're going to expect to see Giovanni Bernard probably get work in there as well. Um, and the thing for Ronald Jones is he's in a doghouse that's big enough Clifford could fit into it with Bruce Arians. Um, with that fumble, he never saw the field again, and that happened at the, right around the six-and-a-half-minute mark of the second quarter. Um, that's why I only had six snaps and four carries last game. So we'll see if that kind of carries over. But right now, it looks like that playoff performance, you know, playoff and Super Bowl Lenny kind of has carried over into week one. Um, we know uh, Ronald Jones is the more explosive player. He had that 98-yard run last year against Carolina Panthers. And for all of Fournette's work, he didn't do much with it. Um, and also, I don't think he looked like a, an, an explosive back. So we'll see going into next week. I think they're still going to be viewed and valued pretty much in a similar tier uh, with each other right now until one can kind of either separate or we see this be a trend moving forward. But it's definitely something to monitor the workload coming out of the uh, Tempe backfield. Yeah. One, one thing I'll touch on real quick before we dive into the uh, stardom sit uh, section of the uh, podcast would be I uh, really love what I saw from like Amari Cooper. You know, he caught 13 oh, to 16 absolutely. targets for 139 yards and a pair of touchdowns. And I know he was kind of dealing, you know, with some injuries throughout uh, the summer, you know, training camp in the preseason. And I know CD Lamb, and rightfully so, has garnered a lot of attention, you know, oh, with it's his play last year. Yeah, absolutely. But I felt like uh, from a fantasy lens, that really made Cooper like a nice value. And I think those that did take the plunge on Cooper at his average draft yeah. position were very, very happy with the results they saw last night. Yeah, I, I, it's just kind of surprising. I don't think we any of us expected the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to give up as many yards as they did. But when you get into a shootout, hey, this is what happens. It, it, for me, what's interesting is that those four that four game sample size we had with Dak and his three receivers before his ankle injury, mm-hmm. he pretty much replicated that last night, which I thought was very interesting because we all kind of mm-hmm. wondered, you know, surely they're not going to do that to him again this year. Well, for one game at least, Dak is going on MVP level performance if he keeps us up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, no, it was a really phenomenal performance. So, again, a lot to talk about, you know, from that game. So let's transition to uh, stardom set them. So we're going to start with players to start. You know, we'll touch on uh, the quarterback position, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So, I'll start off with you, Tommy. I know we talked a little bit about this on the podcast earlier this week, but throw out a quarterback that you're very comfortable starting this week that could exceed our listeners' expectations. Um, you know what? I normally don't want to start a rookie in week one, 
but Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars going against the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, like we've kind of joked around about, they're closer to Bishop Sycamore than they are an NFL football team right now. <laughs> um, they were abysmal going up against quarterbacks last year. And just, I'm sorry, just in defense in general, honestly, at that point. They were number 27 and points allowed per game. You have a very advantageous matchup in this one, which I don't think you're necessarily going to get very often with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I expect them to be better, but you have a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, and so it's this is one of those prime matchups where, hey, I can start them with confidence, and that kind of leads you to say, okay, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, uh, James Robinson, uh, DJ Chark, like all these guys I think are going to benefit from this game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of looking at that, higher end QB two, but I think it would not surprise me if we saw him end up being a, a lower end QB one, someone who could be a, an interesting stack, like especially like in DFS uh, going Trevor Lawrence. We think he might probably get some of that rushing upside. I mean, the Houston Texans a couple days away from the NFL season starting just traded away one of their better corners and uh, Bradley Roby at that point. So it's, mm-hmm. we'll see what they do, but I think Trevor Lawrence has a chance to actually do something in his very first game of the NFL. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is on my radar too as a, uh, you know, as a streamer, you know, at the quarterback position for this week. I know another quarterback that that comes to mind. You know, this is an individual that doesn't get the fantasy football community excited, you know, for for numerous reasons. But I, I really like Kirk Cousins uh, going against the Bengals yep. defense this week. And many may not remember this, but you go back to last year. I'm like Cousins was really one of the top quarterbacks in fantasy football the second half mm-hmm. of last season. And, and I think that trend will continue uh, to open up the 2021 season. You look at the Bengals' defense, I'm like, that allowed an average of more than 18 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks last season. So I think Cousins is, is a solid option, whether you're in a two-quarterback league or a super flex league. And, you know, I'll kind of cap that off with this. It was, you know, he had eight games last year where he had at least three or more touchdown passes. And again, I, I really like Cousins. And he's even an option in single quarterback leagues uh, if it's a really, really deep league or if you're really scrambling you know, for a starting quarterback. I believe Cousins can deliver. Yep, I agree. That's a, that's a very talented offense. Even with Irv Smith out, you Tyler, Con- Tyler Conklin is going to be able to come in there filling well at the tight end position. you got Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Adam Thielen. I, I think this team's going to be primed to do put up some points, especially if we expect mm-hmm. the uh, the defense to be able to maintain and kind of keep the Cincinnati Bengals offense under mm-hmm. control, especially using that all that defensive line against the Bengals suspect yes. offensive line at this point. I think you're going to see Cousins with the ball in his hands a lot on Sunday. Any other quick quarterbacks you want to touch on, Tommy? And we can transition over to stardom, the running back. I would say if you're in a super flex league, I know we want to see Trey Lance, but don't forget about Jimmy Garoppolo going up against the Detroit Lions. Detroit is awful. Last year, they were number one in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback at 23.8 per game. Mm-hmm. You look at their defense. I started going up against uh, running backs. They were 32nd against them, and they were 30th against wide receivers and fantasy points allowed. So the San Francisco 49ers are just primed to absolutely explode against the uh, Detroit Lions. So I know, I know we want to see Trey Lance under center, but when Jimmy Garoppolo is back there, especially in a matchup like this, he's going to be perfectly fine to start. If you're in a uh, a super flex league, two QB league, plug him in there, and I think he'll have some good success in week one. Yeah, no, agreed. Well, I'll kick us off uh, with the stardom section with the running backs. Um, I know we talked about the Ravens' backfield like earlier and kind of season long, like what that could look like. But I would say for this week, you know, I'm very comfortable starting uh, Tyson Williams uh, going yeah. against that Las Vegas Raiders defense. And I tweeted this out yesterday. I, I felt like when I made my rankings update that given the matchup, 
you know, the Ravens backfield, you know, the, the situation as a whole, that Williams is a solid, you know, low end RB two for me, you know, for this week, I, I think right. for week one, he'll, he'll see most of the backfield work. You, you think about Le'Veon Bell, you know, he just kind of linked up with the team, you know, he'll need some time to kind of get into uh, playing shape. You, you know, yeah. you've got a great matchup on the slate. You know, you've got the potential for a solid workload. I, I think at the minimum, even if you were looking at him as like a flex option, I think he's got upside for much, much more this week. What do you think? No, I, I totally agree. I, I think we're me and you were both aligned and where we have in the ranking is a uh, mm-hmm. a lower end RB2. Just given the volume we're projecting on this team, um, yeah. like I said, we think it'll get messier later on, but based on who is familiar with the situation and the playbook and everything else, Tyson Williams, given their, their comfort with him, um, I, I absolutely think he can be a, a solid play this week against the Raiders. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how that pans out this week because like he was phenomenal, you know, during training camp in the preseason. I really like what I saw from him on film. So, who's a running back, Tommy, that you recommend that listeners start this week? Uh, I think one for me, he might have been. I could see him end up finishing as an RB one. That's going to be Raheem Mostert. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of touched on the 49ers going up against the Detroit Lions. It's the same thing we're talking about with this one. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. We know the 49ers are going to want want to run the ball a lot in this one. Mostert is arguably the fastest player in the NFL. Uh, according to next-gen stats, he literally is the fastest player in the NFL. Sorry, Tyreek Hill. Um, but I think he's going to absolutely have a monster game. We could see him get anywhere in the 12 to 14 rush range and probably see a couple targets in this one, given his upside and what he can do on any time he touches the ball. I could easily see him finishing as a, like I said, a high-end RB2, uh, which I think he's being ranked pretty far outside of that with a lot of people kind of ranking more towards like your RB three flex kind of territory. Uh, so I would not be surprised if Raheem Moser ends up being a fantastic play right now. That might be kind of going a little bit under the radar. Yeah, no, very good recommend uh, recommendation. I'll just touch on uh, just someone else real quick and then we can kind of move on to the uh, wide receiver position. But I felt like Kareem hunt was a really good option for this week. And he's got his mm-hmm. quote unquote revenge game, you know, against the chiefs, but you know, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know, last year, and even going back to the previous season, whenever Hunt joined the team, is that these two running backs can coexist. And so Absolutely. I think Hunt's in a position for a solid workload. And he's another player that I believe that, you know, is safe and can exceed our expectations. So, Tommy, we'll start off with you, wide receiver position. Uh, who do you like? One I really like this week is going to be Michael Pittman Jr., um, you have T.Y. Hilton, who's out with neck surgery. I mean, Pittman is kind of the – he's the unquestioned X uh, of this team. Uh, he's likely going to take on probably Trey Flowers of the Seattle Seahawks, which is kind of a bit of a surprise uh, because Flowers actually lost that job a couple times last year. Uh, they got rid of Akeel Witherspoon, so I do kind of like um, Michael Pittman in this game a lot against Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Granted, their defense did get better in, in terms of like the passing side of the ball towards the back half of last year, but the damage had already been done. They were 29th against fancy points uh, and fancy points allowed to wide receivers at 32.2 uh, per game. Uh, I think he's a sneaky wide receiver three this week. I can see wide receiver two upside, especially mm-hmm. if he can find the end zone. Um, I think he could probably end up getting peppered with targets, especially now that we do know that Carson Wentz is back full bill of health. I think this Colts offense could be ready to roll uh, with Michael Pittman, especially leading the way. Yeah, no, another great recommendation. For me, uh, you know, I'm thinking Robbie Anderson here. I, I know he's reconnected with uh, with Sam Darnold, you know, from their time in New York. Looks like they were able to escape the, the tyranny of Adam Gase uh, unscathed and uh, really in a position to thrive. I know Anderson thrived last year, but I'm really excited about Darnold, you know, with him being a potential streamer, 
you know, yeah. on, a, on, on weeks where he has a solid matchup. And I believe that this matchup is one of them. And so one thing with Anderson, um, you know, Anderson was the most targeted player, you know, like in Joe Brady's offense. And he was. I think that's a trend that I expect to see continue, you know, for this year. Uh, and I know some are thinking, but hey, what about DJ Moore? You know, is he is he better than Anderson? You know, part of me is just like, you know, is he though? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I mean, I I I will climb to the top of every water tower to defend DJ Moore's honor. Uh, I love it. <laughs> so I I have been on the DJ Moore train for a long time, and it's I will never you'll never sit sit here and, see, and hear me uh, bad talk DJ Moore. But I do agree when it comes to the volume and how good Tommy is. Love it, love it. Tommy's like, wait, 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 hey, 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 wait, wait a minute here, wait a minute. I exactly. Love it. Yeah. He's like, wait, wait, we will not have that slander. Uh, yeah. while I'm here live. I love it. I will it, not but... take blacksmith's comments about <laughs> DJ Moore around me. I would say another thing, too, with this matchup. It's, uh, I know Terrence Marshall, uh, everyone's excited, you know, about his potential. Uh, I think it'll take some time, you know, for him to develop. I think the stage is being set for Anderson to have a, uh, have a monster game and really show the Jets that, hey, you guys kind of messed up with having me there. I know I had my moments, but, you know, now I can really, uh, really fly uh, you know, with the Panthers here. But I know, I like Anderson a lot this week. But um, what about you, uh, Tommy? Any other names you want to touch on uh, real quick? Uh, one, I would say Devonta Smith. Uh, speaking of another rookie, kind of touch on Terrence Marshall, but Devonta mm-hmm. Smith going up against the Atlanta Falcons this week. Uh, I think we absolutely are going to – I know me and you are both very much in line with our love with Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be a QB1 this week as well. Yes, absolutely. And that's going to happen – pepper the volume towards Devonta Smith. We know his separation is route running. He's going to get off the line. He's going to be open. Um, he's got that wiggle in the middle field. I'm not saying it's Jalen Waddle and what we kind of saw of those two Alabama receivers, but at the same time, Devonta Smith is going to have zero issue getting open and separation in the NFL. I love him as a wide receiver three this week. Um, we'll see if he scores. I mean, it, I don't know. At this point, I think you're okay in PPR formats just with the volume he's likely going to see. So Devonta Smith against the Atlanta Falcons, I will be locking that into my lineup at quite a few places. Yeah, moving on to uh, the tight end position. Uh, I know one name that keeps screaming at me saying, hey, start me. I deserve to be in lineups this week is uh, Tyler Higby. Uh, I think yes. he's in a phenomenal position you know, to rebound from last year's uh, campaign. I know it was disappointing. But now, you know, he's he's the number one guy. You know, Gerald Everett, you know, he's gone. He's with the Seahawks. He's with Russell Wilson. You've got Matt Stafford that's here. Significant upgrade over uh, Jared Goff. And one thing with the Bears, like, looking closer at the matchup, uh, last season, I know they allowed 12 touchdowns and the second most fantasy points to tight end. Mm-hmm. So Higby, you know, in this matchup, I think can finish, you know, as a, um, I would say a low end tight end one. So I'm really high and optimistic on his outlook this week. So it's what do you think about Higby? Then you could share a recommendation as no. well. Absolutely love Higby. And he's one of those guys me and you both kind of talked about was I, I faded him a little bit last year just because, I mean, we saw those blow up games in 2019, but that wouldn't happen when Gerald Everett was off the field. We come into last year and they both kind of, like I said, kind of cannibalized each other in terms of their target and opportunity shares. Uh, with Everett off the field now in Seattle, Tyler Higby has a chance to absolutely shine in this office. We know Matthew Stafford has zero issue or hesitancy targeting his tight ends. We kind of saw that with a uh, TJ Hawkinson when he, when he was with him in Detroit. I think Higby could absolutely go off um, this week. Uh, one guy I'm kind of looking at, we actually kind of touched on the game a little bit, uh, Tyler Conklin uh, going up for Jacksonville. Irv Smith was a breakout candidate of many, including myself this year, but now we've kind of lost him for the season. Conklin kind of went under the radar. 
he had 13 receptions for 135 yards in his first two seasons. However, in 2019, he rolled in 19 catches for 191 yards and two touchdowns. I'm sorry, and one touchdown. But 186 of those yards came in those same final four games that we always kind of keep linking back to Irv Smith and when mm-hmm. his production busted out. Like in those four games, Smith had five targets, uh, 3.8 receptions, and 45 yards. Mm-hmm. Tyler Conklin had five receptions, 3.8 receptions. I'm sorry, five targets. 3.8 receptions, and 42 yards. He's actually also just as athletic as Irv Smith. In fact, he beat him in the vertical jump, the broad jump, and three-cone, depending on how much uh, stock you want to put into combine numbers. And quite frankly, Mike Zimmer was telling us this was going to happen. In a press conference back in July, when he was asked about you know what uh, Kyle Rudolph's departure would do, and he's quoted as saying, honestly, I think it's a bigger role for Tyler Conklin. So he's kind of telling us, what would happen in week one you take on a Bengals defense that was 26th in points allowed to the tight end at 14.4 per game throwing the fact that the Minnesota Vikings love to run you know 12 personnel or multiple tight end sets and really focus on the tight end in general you're going to have the bulk of the defense looking towards Justin Jefferson Dalvin Cook out of the backfield and Adam Thielen I think Conklin actually be a little bit of a sneaky streamer play and he's actually out there in a lot of leagues still I think in week one in this matchup, I actually do really like Conklin as kind of a sneaky upside play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm-hmm. No, very nice. Very nice. Love that insight. So moving on to players to sit. Quarterbacks. We'll start off there. I know one one quarterback, you know, that's screaming out to me, do not play me this week, is uh, Ben Roethlisberger yep. going up against the Bills. Yep. Uh, I, I know people may be enamored by the, the point total in this game. The last time I checked, it was around like 48.5. But one thing with the Bills defense, I'm like, they allowed just 11 touchdown passes uh, last season, you know, when they played uh, at home. Mm-hmm. Also, when you look at, at uh, Big Ben's history, you know, against the Bills and his uh, five career matchups, I'm like, he's failed to score like more than 13.5 points in those games and just has four touchdown passes in those matchups as well. So I think this is a scenario where you know, they're going to lean heavily on Najee Harris you know, yeah. their offensive line and try to control the game that way. But I'm just not optimistic about Big Ben this week. Yeah, uh, it's one of those games like I can easily see it kind of turning into a little bit of a track meet. But that's just because I think the Buffalo Bills could easily pull on ahead pretty quickly. As much as we all love the Steelers in terms of like their front seven, you know, TJ Watt just got paid. He's he's going to play and kind of pay off that contract. I have no question about that. But it's, it's mm-hmm. the secondary that's an issue. And quite frankly, the secondary has been an issue ever since Troy Polamalu left Pittsburgh. It's yes. never been addressed. Even as good as Minka Fitzpatrick is, 
He doesn't say, he doesn't fix the quarterback issues that the Steelers have. And you're looking at one of the better wide receiver cores and one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL that I think can absolutely take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if we expect that, like, I'm still absolutely – I agree with you. I'm worried about Ben this week. Um, another guy I'm personally worried about too, uh, Jameis Winston. I know mm-hmm. we – we love what he can do for fantasy, but coming into a matchup where we're going to see Jair Alexander covering Marcus Callaway. Okay, let's mm-hmm. eliminate that matchup from the record books. Pretend doesn't involve there. Mm-hmm. Who's he throwing to after that? Outside Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, it's it's not good. You also mm-hmm. know you're never going to get the rushing upside of Jameis Winston. Um, so it's one of those situations where I feel like if Alexander is going to shadow cover Marquez Callaway, I'm worried about the rest of this offense. Uh, Green Bay, granted, we saw them get eviscerated in like the NFC Championship game, but that was Mike Evans and, T- and Tom Brady. Don't expect the same kind of situation production out of New Orleans Saints who are seeing the very first time in what seems like a half century not having Drew Brees under center. So personally, I would be sitting Jameis Winston this week. Yeah, for me, uh, real quick, uh, moving on to the the running back position, just not excited about Josh Jacobs this week. You know, you've got the presence yeah. of like uh, Kenyon Drake that'll cut into his workload, but also when you factor in the Ravens defense, you know, defense that's allowed an average of just you know eighty nine rushing yards per game. The running backs last year, you know, it's really a suboptimal situation. So, Tommy, who's a uh, a running back, uh, you know, briefly that you would sit for Week One? Uh, for me, I'm worried about uh, Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. I know we we like him for fantasy, but growing up against Atlanta, we're kind of worried about what this backfield split's going to be between Boston Scott and uh, Kenny Galladay, plus the prolific rushing ability of Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think they're going to get most of their damage done in the air against Atlanta. Uh, Arthur Smith's probably going to have the run defense probably a little more dialed in than we expect the secondary. Um, Sanders is a guy you you can probably play him as like a flex play, but he's one of the guys where just your temper your expectations if you're expecting you know that high end RB two upside because we know he has those that breakaway playability. I would be personally cautious in week one is the best way I could put it. Yeah, and, and moving on to a wide receiver position uh, for me, you know uh, Marquez or Marquise uh, Callaway. Yeah. Um, not really excited about the matchup that he has against the um, against the Packers defense. And especially when he's facing off against uh, Alexander, uh, yep. who I assume that is going to cover uh, Callaway. Yep. Like, you know, the Packers defense only allowed uh, 13 touchdowns and the four fewest points to opposing wide receivers in 2020. So, again, pairing that with what you mentioned about Winston, not really excited about Callaway uh, for this week. Yeah. Uh, another one for me we kind of touched on. You touched on Ben. I'm going to mm-hmm. go to his deep threat and Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's as electric as they come, even in a talented 2020 class, he led all rookies of receivers and was fourth in yards. Uh, but against the Buffalo bills, he's probably going to see shadow coverage from Jadavius white. The reason I say that is because if we go back to week 14, when the Steelers were in the middle of trying to clinch the playoffs after choking it away, after going undefeated for a good part of the season, Claypool was shut down by white. He had three mm-hmm. receptions, for 15 yards on six targets. They have enough surrounding talent around him with Deontay Johnson and Juju and Najee Harris to where they can allow Claypool to almost be like the sacrificial lamb. Here, take Tredavious White, run him off if you can on some nine routes or whatever and try to open up the field over the middles. I'm worried about Claypool. Granted, like it's kind of the same thing. It just takes one, but I'm worried he's going to even get one against someone as talented as Tredavious White. 
Yeah, no good insight. Just to close this out, you know, for a tight end, you know, one sit for me is uh, Gerald Everett. I know season long in Seattle, things are looking optimistic, but when you look at the matchup against the Colts, that's a defense that only allowed three touchdowns and the fifth fewest fantasy points to tight ends last year. So for Everett for this week, I'd sit him him for now. So, Tommy, who's your tight end uh, that you would sit this week? Uh, I'd be sitting Mike Gazeki. Um, as much as we do think he's going to be a, a solid tight end, just as he was last year uh, for fantasy, we know the Dolphins have made a priority to revamping the passing room. While they will not have Will Fuller this week, I think you're still going to have plenty to go around. And the Patriots are going to be a, a fantastic defense. Last season, they were number four against tight end, allowing only 10.5 fantasy points per game. They have other players on that roster as well, to where if they run out, you know, some 12 personnel, hey, look, Someone else can get that ball rather than Mike Azek. So as much as I like him and think he is one of the more athletic tight ends of the NFL, I'm worried about him going up against a defense that ranked as well as they did, even though they had the highest number of players opt out due to um, health concerns. So you have a fully healthy mm-hmm. defense and something to play for. I am worried about Mike Azek in week one. Yeah, no, again, that's another that's another good uh, set of recommendations. So, you know, very good stuff. If anyone has any additional, you know, kind of stardom or set them questions, yeah, reach out to Tommy or myself on yep. Twitter. You know, we're very happy to interact with you. So that will do it, you know, for this episode of In the Mood for Fantasy Football. Now, please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and subscribe. For Tommy Garrett, I'm Eric Moody. Thanks for listening and check out all of the phenomenal fantasy football content to help you dominate your fantasy football league over at Pro Football Network.